Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. It's your girl and boy, CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we're the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. That's a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It's uh, mind, body, spirit, where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, we got a special treat. I was talking to Cindy, and I said, you know, this time away, you know, maybe we could... Uh, do a podcast that's all about the co-founder of Journey, the co-founder of the Overcomers podcast. One of the, how shall I say, I wanted to say biggest overcomers I know, but big might not be the word, but someone who's overcome more things than a lot of other people that I've met in my life. And that is my wife, my wife, Cindy Barnes. Everybody's been wondering about her uh, most recently overcoming cancer. Um, Prior to that, though, you know, we've overcome so much. You know, Cindy's, uh, Cindy's been right there with me in the trenches as we've overcome our business struggles uh, prior to us having Journey. Uh, Cindy was right there waiting as we overcame a decade of incarceration. Me on the inside, her on the outside. Uh, so, Cindy, I want to introduce you, your story of overcoming. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it's been so much centered around me just because I was the guy that went to prison, <laughs> which isn't a bragging right. I suppose it's just something to talk about once you've uh, maybe had enough success to highlight that adversity and show people that they can overcome. But let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. Uh, and let's, let's go in chronological order. You know, let's go in chronological oh, order. Um, so, Cindy, take us back. Take us back. You know, you and I, we get married. We were married in the millennium, uh, 2000, 2000, right? And then uh, it wasn't long after that, uh, I was going to be going to prison. You know? Right. So, so yeah, <clears throat> got married in 2000, um, had our daughter in 2002. Mm -hmm. So two years after we were married and uh, she was one when, when you went in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, a little background information. It was actually uh, uh, for a crime that happened before we even knew that we were going to have a daughter. Yeah, that's just how long the court system takes sometimes to deal with things. But uh, uh, let's talk about let's talk about uh, as Todd Durkin likes to call her Saint Cindy. Uh, when somebody gets sentenced to what I was sentenced to originally, 188 months, we had to appeal to get 10 years, um, and it was just nonviolent drug offense. We won't get into too many details because not really important. Um, but, that's for a different show. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's a longer <laughs> show, right? We, we can talk all the details you want. I'm an open book. But uh, I told you when I was sent to jail that I, I didn't think that maybe we should be bringing our daughter there and things like that. You know, um, you had an interesting response. And I think it was a life changing one for me. Uh, you know, let's talk about how you faced my incarceration. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> well, it certainly wasn't easy. Um, yeah, and when when Travis was first sentenced, and uh, you know, to almost sixteen years until we won the appeal, um, he said that uh, jail is no place for his daughter. 
to visit. So he didn't think that I should bring her. And um, so I said, no, she needs to know she has a dad that loves her and cares about her. And, um, and we got to get through this. So we visited every single weekend. And so, so fast forward a little bit, we, you know, it was a couple years into his uh, sentence that we actually got granted the opportunity to go back in front of a judge um, on his appeal. Um, and then fast forward about another year, because it took about another year in order to get in front of that judge. And, and then we won the appeal. Yeah. And so, um, so his sentence went from 188 months down to 120 months. So 10 years. Um, so that was, so we were already like four and a half, maybe five years into um, the sentence. So that meant we were like almost halfway. Almost we, halfway. We, we were about halfway there. So by the time we won the appeal. And so. Let's talk, let's talk about those visits because um, I'm being the overcomer that you are uh, rather inspiring story. Uh, Cindy, uh, obviously, it was a, a big struggle for her, big struggle. Uh, Cindy moved someplace that she had never been. When you're sentenced in the federal system, which I was sentenced in Las Vegas, Nevada, but chose my home address back in Pennsylvania with family so that Cindy would have the support of my family. Uh, thank you uh, to my family as we do this podcast, just for being so supportive. Uh, my mother had opened up her home to her. Uh, my grandfather was still alive. He was very supportive, things such as that. Uh, but Cindy, that, that took a lot of courage on your part to say, okay, well, you know, I kind of know this family, you know, I've had some interactions with them, but I'm going to go someplace I've never been. And then you talked about how you visited every weekend. How did you choose your job? I know, but they don't know. You know? So, so first off, uh, if you've ever heard of Sarah, Pennsylvania, it's a very, which I know a lot of you that are going to watch this, uh, will know where I'm talking about, but it's a tiny little town, <laughs> um, it, right? And so I had never even visited there. So packed up our stuff. My parents flew out to Las Vegas. Uh, my mom flew out and she flew our daughter back, who was, um, I don't know, not quite two, I guess, at the time, maybe, maybe. Close to three, I guess, what she was by the time we actually moved to Sayre. So my dad and I got in a U-Haul, put all my stuff, you know, in there. And we traveled across the country to uh, Sayre, Pennsylvania from Las Vegas. And I went to a town that I had never even visited, um, which was hmm, scary, I guess. Um, uneasy, you know. But um, I did choose a job. Um at a local grocery store that would allow me to have Fridays and Sundays off. So in the federal system, if you have a loved one um, that is incarcerated in a federal system, it's all visiting on a point schedule. So Travis was allotted a certain amount of points as they all are um, per month. And you would get two for a Saturday and two points for a Sunday, but you only got one point for a Friday. So I could visit, Destiny and I were allowed to visit every Friday and every Sunday with that point schedule and still be able to see him twice a week, every single um, month, you know, so we would be able to go every week. 
So I, I chose my job based on that, that, that um, if someone would allow me to be able to have the days off that I wanted so that we could visit every weekend. Yeah, I, I know some interesting deli stories about uh, some of your tougher customers. And uh, it's just so impressive that you did that. I'd like people to get a, a couple of uh, inspired by maybe, maybe a couple of core values or just some ways that you live. Um, that's not the first time you just picked up and moved someplace that you'd never been. Because how did you get to Vegas? Jumped on an airplane with six suitcases and uh, flew to Vegas. <laughs> Friend of yours just invited you from Newport, New Hampshire. She was already out there and said, you should come too. So uh -huh. he says, okay. So I gave so. a month's notice at my job and sold all my stuff and grabbed six suitcases and loaded up what I had left and um, found my way to Vegas. Well, so to begin with, you're a courageous woman. You're courageous. Um, what, what, makes, what makes you, like, is there a philosophy that, you know, you have about life that made you say, okay, you know, I'm never been to Vegas. I got a friend that's living in Vegas. She invited me. I'm going to sell everything I own, pack up six suitcases and just go to Vegas. Like, um, is it, is it YOLO? <laughs> you only live once, you know, what, what is it? Like what's going through your head when you do something like that? I don't know. It's excitement. I, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a thrill seeker. And so the Vegas trip was, was definitely, um, you know, Let's just do it. What do I got to lose? I come from a very small town, small like Sayre, uh, probably even a little smaller in New Hampshire, Newport, New Hampshire. And um, yeah, I just wanted to to get out, go go someplace different. I never wanted to just stay there my whole life. So, so would you say um, it's like the things you don't do that you regret the most? So oh, for take sure. Chances, like that for sure. Yeah. And then uh, I, I think that uh, the big thing for people to get, I'm sure that we have either people that are aspiring to be married or people that are married listening to the show right now. Um, what makes a woman <laughs> willing to wait 10 years? What kind of core values, what kind of philosophies does she have about life to where she's going to be adamant that her daughter has to know her father. She's going to take a job based on coming uh, the maximum amount of visits. She's going to spend all of her money that she gets from working in a deli which is not a good paying job on gas money to drive an hour and a half each way uh, sometimes more than two hours because i was at two different places and one was a little longer than an hour mm -hmm. and a half one was about two and a half hours right Almost one three. way yeah. yeah one way mm -hmm. so five hour round trips what what is the philosophy what is the core value that made you do that so <clears throat> i guess for me um I, I take my vows very seriously, um, you know, through better or worse sickness and in health, um, till death do us part. And I knew that I, I love Travis with all my heart. Um, and I would have waited the 16 years, you know, um, for him to come back home. I just, um, I don't know. I think it's till death to us part. I just, I feel like there's a lot of people that give up so easy. It's like, oh, you have a couple fights or something's going wrong or you have money struggles or something. And trust me, we've been through all those, you know, we, we, in, in almost 22 years, we've, we've definitely um, had other struggles other than just, you know, incarceration. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 
I just would have waited forever, you know, and um, I'm a lucky man, guys. I'm a lucky man. Um, it's not a common thing for people to have the kind of commitment that you've had for towards me, you know, with your vows until death do us part and, and loving me with all your heart. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. Uh, you mentioned that we've had other struggles and uh, some people that are friends of ours or that know us uh, that watch this show. I mean, parenting struggles. Know. for sure yeah right <laughs> parenting struggles right oh my gosh you know uh yeah when when you do things wrong when you're younger uh you don't want your kids to you don't want your kids to make the same mistakes and you do the sometimes you put all the ingredients together and it still doesn't quite make a cake right you know you can move into the best school districts or do different things that you know have a life that's about being healthy such as a gym you know, whatever those kind of things should be good influences, uh, get them involved in extracurricular activities. But then sometimes there's still things like uh, depression or, or just, you know, plain old rebellion or, you know, I mean, we've dealt with all those things. Um, and I consider you to be one tough mama when it comes to that, because just like it says at our gym, you've never given up, never given up. You've just been very dedicated doing everything you could uh, as a mother. And, uh, I don't know if the last several years or Destiny's almost 20, the last 20 years have taught you anything that you could share with people that may be having parenting struggles. <clears throat> so just, you know, I mean, uh, our daughter will get on here and tell her story, but just a little bit of a background. Uh, our daughter suffers with anxiety and depression and has had uh, uh, several suicide attempts, many struggles in her life. And I don't know, I feel like we've done, we all make mistakes for sure. Um, but I feel like we've tried very hard and done the best with whatever tools we knew um, to use and do. But um, she, she suffers, you know, she struggles. And um, she herself uh, just got out of jail. Um, she just did six months. So yeah, she's, she's got some, some, some struggles, but I feel like um, love conquers all, you know, it was the love that I had for Travis that kept us together as a family through nearly a decade of incarceration. Um, I feel like the love that we've had for our daughter has um, kept her alive. And um, you, through all her struggles, I feel like there's one thing for sure <clears throat> that she knows is that her parents love her and that we're always here. Like, we don't give up if she makes a bad choice. We don't, we don't give up if she's messed up again or, you know, gone down the same road numerous times. Um, love conquers all. Yeah. yeah. You got to love them through it. I love them through it. I loved you through incarceration and we continue to love her through um, her struggles. Yeah. Love unconditionally. Love unconditionally. You know, that's how we are to love each other. And uh, the other thing though is, um, if you want to be free of judgment, take time to see yourself in other people. 
you know, anytime that Destiny's ever been angry or depressed or acting out of character, you know, not not her highest self, not who she is. Instead of being in judgment uh, nowadays, I'm trying to just move into, yep, I've been there, acted like that, you know. So we're not separate, right? You know, we're, we're all uh, capable of going there. <clears throat> so uh, you know, these are just some struggles that we're highlighting. You know, Cindy's, uh, Cindy just said financial, business, all sorts of different things that we've had to overcome. You know, relationship struggles and parenting struggles. But most recently, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to highlight you right now and i think people really want to hear from you uh we got a, a community of love and support that's just been awesome thank you to everybody on facebook all your prayers and positive thoughts for cindy and, and here she is um just a little over two weeks after surgery two weeks one day two weeks one day two weeks one day and um well cindy uh, what did you think when uh i mean you can tell your story right now i mean i you went to the doctor, the doctor, you know, felt some nodules on your neck. You, you had to get tested. Um, you know, most of the time the test comes back that it was nothing. This one came back that it was something. So, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we'll just go with the, the recent. <laughs> oh, no, I think we should actually go back, you know, 10 years ago, Cindy had nodules on her neck and had a test and, uh, the test was inconclusive. They didn't get enough. So what did Cindy do? She said. <laughs> so it was nine years ago. So nine years ago, my doctor said, um, you know, that she felt nodules on my throat and that I should have an ultrasound. So I went for the ultrasound and depending upon what diameter your nodule is, um, you should get uh, a biopsy. More than a centimeter. And mine was more than a centimeter. So they wanted me to get a biopsy. So I went and I got a biopsy and it was awful. And I cried and I hated it. Because they're sticking needles in your neck. I mean, you know. Yeah. And they say, don't breathe, don't move, don't swallow while the needle is in your neck. And so they have to do it four different times and they move it around and it's, it's not fun. So. Three days later, they called and they said that the test is inconclusive because they didn't get enough. Um, and so I had to wait for my thyroid to heal um, six to eight months before I could go back and be retested. That was in 2012. And um, right now it is 2021. And so I moved and I got a different doctor, um, just, you know, whatever our business led us to a different town. So we moved, I had a different doctor and it was never talked about again and no one ever mentioned it. And so I never mentioned it. And I figured I don't have a problem. I swallow fine. I eat fine. I, you know, my thyroid works fine. So I didn't want to have that test again. Moved back to Sayre and got a doctor back in the same um, hospital that I had had, you know, um, almost 10 years ago. And she asked me about the nodules. And so I told her the story and she said, you need to go for another biopsy. And I said, no, I'm not doing that again. And so we had to make a deal, me and my new doctor. And she said, ultrasound. And if it's grown, then biopsy. So yes, it had grown. And as a matter of fact, there were several now instead of just the one. So um, it was very fast. I went in for the biopsy. Um, still didn't like it. It still was not fun. 
Um, but within 24 hours, they called and said that, um, you know, I had cancer. So <clears throat> met with the surgeon. And well, let's talk about that, though. I mean, uh, I mean, just getting a call like that. Nobody ever wants to hear a phone call that says that you have cancer, you know. So, um, you know, uh, I, I just think that you were very emotional. I was very emotional. Um, it was actually a voicemail that uh, told us. So we went right down there. Uh, despite our emotions, despite our fears, we went down there to, you know, the doctor's office. Yeah, to the doctor's right. office because <laughs> we called and then he was busy, but, you know, he just left a voicemail like that. So we thought it was important. We got to talk to him and really find out what it meant for us. Uh, and I just think that uh, there's a couple lessons there. Like one, um, of course, you know, you're going to be afraid, uh, but then, you know, you have to face your struggles head on like you did and, and then use your resources. We have uh, not only so many Facebook friends that have sent prayers and positive thoughts, but, oh my goodness, so uh, you know, Dr. Cassetta and, and other doctors, uh, you know, Dr. Rupik, uh, just different people that, you know, reached out or we reached out to that are, are just part of our circle and, and could advise us and guide us and, you know, uh, use those resources. I think it's very important. Sometimes we want to withdraw and just be afraid and, and almost like it's stuck in our fears. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I wouldn't have reached out to anybody. Yeah, right. I probably wouldn't have told anybody. Right. Travis did. I believe in the power of our resources and the power of prayer and positive thoughts. And, uh, well, and so because of those resources, our appointment that was further out got moved up. Then the doctor was willing to do surgery very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and here you are two weeks and one day later. Right. Well, what do you have to share with people about your recovery? Your surgery? So, you know, I mean, anyone that's had surgery, it's no fun. Uh, scary and high anxiety and you feel like crap for a couple of days. But honestly, um, I, I think the scar looks pretty good. Yeah, well, it's not a so. scar quite yeah. yet. It's still, you know, um, look at me. I'm looking in there. <laughs> I was there it's but... still um, healing. Obviously mm, it's only been two weeks. Uh, but I think, I think it's going to, to really kind of go away um, and be almost non- no, you know, you won't be able to, to see it. You won't notice it. Um, I think it's doing really good. But it, uh, she's been wearing her sun hats. They gave her two weeks uh, for recovery time. So week two, we took vacation time and she's been covering up from the sun. And so, right. I've been wearing up. a little scarf yeah. and wearing my little sun hats when we're out in the sun. But um, honestly, I had surgery on, on Thursday. And so Thursday and Friday were rough. Saturday was, you know, I was pretty tired still. Um, and it just hurt, you know, inside and, and outside of my throat. But, um, by Sunday we were running errands and I was staying awake all day and, uh, yeah, yeah. We went for walks and, um, I, uh, I'm very fortunate. I'm fortunate for so many reasons that, um, I had such love and support via phone calls, text messages, um, flowers, Facebook. Flowers. Oh my goodness. I got so many bouquets of flowers and cards and just, um, the love from, from everyone that I'm surrounded around is, um, amazing. My husband was beside me at my bedside, uh, when I woke up and, you know, couldn't stay awake. I would try to tell a story and fall back asleep and, <laughs> 
it was crazy. It's like a, like a trilogy. Got to hear the story in three different parts. And, but, uh, but it was, uh, I mean, I've, I really feel well. And um, my voice is fine. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate. So yeah. here I sit, cancer-free. Yes. So all you overcomers, you know, she's got one more like uh, it's going to be a radioactive iodine treatment just to uh, almost like insurance. Right. You kill any cells that might have moved mm -hmm. around. Uh, but um, that'll be November. But yeah, we are cancer free. Uh, maybe there's a lesson that early detection is the best prevention. Maybe there could have been a half a thyroid to remove 10 years ago and then there was more nodules. Uh, but then when you're when you meet an obstacle, you face it head on. And that's what you've done such a great job of. And and, you know, we have had good support and I think people should embrace that support. Our, our journey members and our journey teammates, uh, they're like family and they've been so good with food and flowers and mm -hmm. chocolates and, uh, you know, just, just love, you know, uh, just reaching out to say, Hey, how you doing? Text, and all the prayers, messages, prayers, positive thoughts. Everybody. They said the surgery went so smooth. That it was like uh, one of the smoothest ones they've ever done. I believe that that's all the power of the positive thoughts and love and prayer and maybe that's the uh the message of today's episode maybe we'll title it never stop loving you know embrace the love or something because uh you've done that with me you've done that with destiny and most recently you got to perceive that uh you know uh, just all the times you're always loving people through things so really good the most inspirational overcomer i know there she is cindy barnes ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Oh, thank you guys. Lots of love. <laughs> thanks for uh, spending part of our vacation with us. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.